Emergency services. Please, you gotta help me. There's this weird guy. Ma'am. Please. Ma'am, call us when you're dead. What the fuck? Welcome back, callers, to another episode of Call Us When You're Dead. I'm Keith. And I'm Ryan. And on today's episode, we are going to be covering the survivor story of Mary Vincent. You know, this is actually a case that I have been looking forward to doing. Yeah, why is that? Well, because I think this was the first case that you and I ever listened to together like five years ago on My Favorite Murder. Oh, mm-hmm. when we first started listening to podcasts, this is the first one that I ever played for you because I was like, oh, my gosh, you have to hear the story. And you were like, oh, that. OK, like, you know, let, let's try it. And so you listened and you were like, oh, God, like that. That's bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I guess I don't remember listening to it, but I I, I mean, I'm during that time. But I do recall listening to something about it. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's a rough one. Yeah, it, yep, it was the first episode that you and I ever listened together. But before we get into it, anything new going on with you? Mm, no, not really. I mean, it's just been kind of a quiet week. Yeah. I mean, it, that doesn't hurt my feelings any. I kind of enjoy a quiet week. My birthday's coming up. Yes, it is. I'm like a week away now, two weeks. Yeah, well, you're going to be like 30-something. Oh, God, don't remind me. <laughs> Uh, well, yesterday we went over to my folks' place for yeah, Father's Day. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was a nice day in your family and, you know, getting to hang out with everybody. Your sister is super pregnant. Yeah, she is. I teased her and asked her if she was having twins because she's just, you know, she's about ready to pop. She <laughs> said that she's just like a week or two away now. So, yeah, it, it was nice just being out in the sun, being, you know, just kind of relaxed for the day. Yeah, and we brought, we brought, uh... The girls and the babies over, and there was so many dogs there. Oh my gosh, yes. And then mom, of course, she was like holding on to the little babies, and you can't help but like look into the little pouch because you want to play with them. And I'm like, hey, be careful. You don't want to get bit by them. <laughs> and Regina, of course, trying to be Regina and just sleep because no food had been made for her, decided she was going to crab and bite your mom. Thank you. Thankfully, there was no like blood, but I was like, man. Well, in the interest of fairness, we did give her plenty we of warnings. did give her warnings. When a baby is trying to sleep, let the baby sleep. Exactly. Uh, should we move on to some shout-outs? Of course we should move on to shout-outs, because clearly we have a boring life this past week. Yes, we do. Hopefully these people don't have such boring lives. We have Brooke D. Tiffany G. And George M. Thank you all so much for being listeners. Yes, thank you guys so much. We do appreciate it. So, Ryan, do you want to get us started on this case? Because, like I said, I know I know quite a bit about it, but I want to see if you found out anything different than what I've already known. No, I'm sure I didn't. I might have a few things at the end that might surprise you, but... Oh, good. I love being surprised. But for things that I may have looked over, feel free to fill in. Okay. All right, so let's hop into that time machine and head back to 19... 1978. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the time machine at all times. More specifically, September of 1978. Here, we're going to meet a young 15-year-old Mary Vincent. Mary is one of seven children and lived with her parents in Las Vegas. 
I can't imagine what it'd be like to live in Las Vegas. You know, I I don't think it would be that enjoyable. I, I cannot imagine that it would be. Especially, like, I could see, like, maybe if you're older, because I feel like it would be really easy to find some kind of job with all of the different casinos and live shows and things like that. But growing up-wise, I feel like it would be almost, almost miserable. Right. Like, I feel like that needs to be, like, you can only move here if you're 18. (laughs) Or 21, whatever the gambling age is. Right, right, Like, 18 to work here, 21 to live here. That, That makes sense. Because, do they even have schools in Las Vegas? I, I'd imagine that they do. I don't know if they do. Well, there are there are kids there. But there shouldn't be. I know there shouldn't be, and there shouldn't be lots of things in the world, but they still go on. I'm just saying, when we were in Las Vegas, I definitely had a sex worker ask me if I wanted to hook <laughs> up with her. And I had to politely tell her, no, thank you. I mean, it, I guess that happens. She was really pretty. Like, <laughs> I did not realize that she was a sex worker. The whole conversation was, hi, how are you? Me going, oh, I'm good, how are you? Her saying back to me, you want to do something together? Me realizing in a very quick fashion, oh, she is definitely asking me for something that I am not willing to give, <laughs> responded with, um, I'm married to him, to which she responded, that's okay, he can join too. And I went, no, thank you, but you have a good day. <laughs> a, a very cordial and polite rejection. Right, right. Like, I just, yeah, I, I didn't know what else to do other than just be like, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so her father worked as a mechanic and married her mother, who was a blackjack dealer, while serving in the military. See, I think that would be fun to not serve in the military. I, thank you for all the people that serve in the military. Yes, That's just thank not you. for me. Um. Mostly because I'm built like a marshmallow. I ain't running nowhere. <laughs> but uh, blackjack dealing, I feel like that would be fun. I, I, I agree. I think that would be fun. And, and counting to 21 is not that difficult. No. No, it's not. <laughs> I would still probably fuck it up. But it, <laughs> it wouldn't be that hard. So her parents were uh, are going through a messy divorce at this time. Which caused her to run away from their home in Vegas. I mean, that... Okay, but do you feel like that's just, like, a sensible thing to do of, like, oh, they're going through a divorce, like, things are bad. I'm gonna run away now. I mean, today's day and age, no, but maybe back then, yeah. I don't know. We're back in 78. Yep. Uh, I don't remember anything great happening in the 70s. Well, I... Every case that we've covered (laughs) that's dealt with the 70s. Like, I, I hear this a lot. Growing up was the best time for me to grow up. Because we didn't have all of this, or we didn't have all of that. No, you just didn't have the information. Right. That's so easily granted to us now. Which I think, in a way, gives Mary this false sense of security. Definitely, definitely, yeah. nothing bad is, you know, she's 15, nothing bad will ever happen to her. You know, so she'll be okay. Sure, yeah. You know, And, and that's not a victim-blaming statement. It's just a, we have more knowledge now. Yep, technology yep. now to see such horrible shit happening constantly <laughs> which in a way is bad in and of itself but for your people that were in the 60s and 70s and even 80s they didn't have that that wasn't a thing well after a brief period of living on the streets and inside unlocked cars she decided to hitchhike to her grandfather's home located in berkeley california 
After arriving and spending some time with her grandfather, she was starting to feel homesick and felt it was time to head back home. And she would do this the same way she got to California, by hitchhiking. So, oh yeah, because she's in Nevada, so she goes to California. In my mind, I was like, she's already in California, but no, Las Vegas is definitely in Nevada. Correct. Mary stood on the side of the road with two other hitchhikers on September 29th, 1978, when a 50-year-old Lawrence Singleton pulled his van over. When the young hitchhikers asked for a ride, Singleton told them he would only have room in his nearly empty van for one. Exhausted and overwhelmed, Mary acted against her instincts and climbed into his van. I mean, right there, I feel like you should call the BS meter, because if it's a nearly empty van, more than one person can fit up in there. Right. Be like, why can't my friend get in the car with me? (laughs) Because... Clearly, if you've been hitchhiking with somebody else, like, you've created some kind of friendship Right, there. right, yep. I'd be like, uh, if she or he can't come, I'm not going. I will keep walking. Thank you. Exactly, exactly. Eventually, Singleton made a quick stop for a bathroom break in a remote area. Mary got out of the van as well to stretch her legs and realized her shoes were untied, which worried her because she realized she might need to make a getaway. As she bent down to tie her shoes, everything goes black. Singleton had bashed Mary over the head with a sledgehammer. She awoke to a terrifying realization. She was now tied up in the back of the van with each of her arms tied to opposite walls. Throughout the night, Singleton is going to do the terrible awful to her several times. And boom, right there. That's that's the risks of hitchhiking. Like right. It can, it can go from really good right. to really bad really quick. Right. In a matter of seconds. And for poor Mary, it's done just that. It's gone from good to bad to a complete nightmare. Eventually... He cut her hands free. When doing this, he ordered her to drink some unknown alcohol from a plastic jug. Woozy and confused, Mary eventually passes out. Would you have drank it? Oh, I'm... I would like to imagine I want to have myself in this situation to even... But say you're Mary and you're in this situation, would you have drank it? Yeah, Or would you have held it in your mouth and then, like... Or do you think that he, like, forcibly watched her? Oh, he definitely forcibly watched her. But, yeah, I probably would would drink it. Because I I would imagine I'm exhausted and tired and got a big wound on the back of my head. And I guess I I need to explain to our callers, too. When I ask questions like, would you have done this or would you have done that? I am in no way implying that, like, I'm putting any blame onto that person for what they did. It's just more of a curiosity of putting ourselves into those shoes of, you know. Right, right. Because there was somebody that was like, well, when you ask those questions, it makes it seem like, but it's not that at all. It's more of a, what would you do in this situation? Do you feel like she had other options at that time? Right. Even though we understand that it's happened, it's not like we're going, we can't change the past. When Mary regained consciousness, Singleton was still there. He ordered her to lie on the edge of the road, and she begged and pleaded with him to set her free. He began saying, quote, You want to be free? I'll set you free. As he went to the van to find something. That something was a hatchet. Mary recalls the attack later in her life, stating, quote, He took my left arm and took a swing, one swing, and I started to fall, and then he took another swing. And I grabbed his arm, grabbed it real tight, and I couldn't figure it out. 
hold, holding him real tight on his arm, but I'm still falling. Now that is just insane. So Mary's like, you know, retelling and, and reliving this in an interview uh, later in life. And she, she was saying, you know, like, she knows she grabbed onto him, and right. yet he fell. Well, she falls. She's yeah, falling she fell, backwards. sorry. And and it's because he lobbed off her, her other arm. Right. He's he's now taking off both of her arms, and she ha- almost has, like, a phantom arm situation where she can still feel, like, the gripping on. Right. And I remember in her uh, I Survive story, she remembers seeing both of her arms, her hands still gripping onto him tight. They didn't just let go because the last thing that they knew was to hold on. Right, right. Which is just, that is terrifying because now, and I and I don't think we've talked about it yet, but he's cut her arm at the elbow yep. for both arms. And so it's elbow to fingertips. She can see both holding on to him, because that was the last thing the brain had known to do with those arms. It's almost like some horror movie shit where you see something like holding on and... Yeah. Yeah. This story is already crazy, but before we continue on how the story finishes, let's take a break from a word from our sponsor. Are you looking for better insurance? From home and auto to all other types of insurances, call Andy at 616-777-3202 for all your insurance needs. Let Andy from Shield Insurance help you save money like he helped us. You can also text the phrase, call us dead to Andy, again at 616-777-3202, so he knows that the call us when you're done family has sent you. Now, back to the episode. So, callers, just as a quick recap, Mary is 15. She has ran away from home. She is now returning home. She has met a man by the name of Singleton who has convinced her to get into his van alone. He has now beat her with a sledgehammer, drugged her, raped her, and has now cut off both of her arms with a hatchet. How does anyone survive this? True story. It's just... Just that little recap, it's just like chills. Like, that's already so much. So, so this, much. This 15-year-old, you know, I, I know we have adults listening. Imagine your daughter, imagine right. your son going your, your, through. Your niece, your nephew that's 15, going through what this girl has already gone through. Right, and the amount of sheer willpower that you have to have at this point to be like, no, fuck you, I'm not dying this <laughs> way. So, Singleton believing that Mary is dead or on the brinks of death, he threw her body off of a cliff. She landed 30 feet below on a concrete culvert just off of Interstate 5. Now, folks, 30 feet is equivalent to like a three-story building. Oh, God, I could not imagine that. So everything that was just recapped happened to her, and now getting thrown 30 feet into a concrete culvert. Right, she 100% should have died at this point oh a hundred and billion percent it's miraculous that she's alive just like you said miraculously mary vincent is not dead she was getting ready to kick into high gear on survival mode naked and in searing pain from everything that she has just experienced she fought off the urge to fall asleep give in and die i remember when she talked about this part where she kept saying i just felt so tired i just wanted to take a nap 
And I knew, like, there was another voice that just kept saying, you cannot fall asleep. You cannot fall asleep. And so, get ready for this, guys. Instead, she covered what she was left of her arms in mud, packing it all down to effectively stop the bleeding. Then, she somehow managed to climb back up the 30-foot cliff she was thrown off of not that long ago and began walking down the rural road. Side note, it took her almost 24 hours to climb up the 30 feet because she would start to get up and would start to go and she would pass out for about 15 minutes at a time, get up and be able to do just very few like feet. Right, and doing this all with no arms. With no arms, right. <laughs> To further prevent from bleeding out, she was holding her arms, or what was left of her arms, in an upright position as she walked. The first car that drove past her had two men in the vehicle, who quickly sped off once her condition came into view. I don't blame them. Right, you have this naked, bloody... Mess. I'm going to call it a mess. She looked like something you would see out of a horror film. Like a zombie, Right, probably. (laughs) And you are two men... In a car alone, I've heard other people say that maybe these were two gay men that didn't want to get caught in the 70s of being gay. Yeah, possibly, yeah. And so they didn't save her, which, you know, I I get it. You don't want to be in trouble for that. But then there's also the fact of she's 15, you are two men. It looks like you could have been her perpetrator. Oh, absolutely. And Mary has come forward and said she does not blame these men over not stopping looking back now she thinks i don't know if she would have even stopped for herself right just you know callers out there imagine driving down the highway and you see a naked woman with arms chopped off bleeding and covered in mud is the first thing you're thinking hey let me pull over real quick or i'm gonna go to the other side of the road and keep driving right i mean it it, like I, I i would admit i feel like i would keep driving i would love to say that i would love to stop and help right. somebody but i think out of sheer panic i would keep going and with phones being a thing now call 911 oh absolutely you know but there's been multiple cases that we've seen where somebody's come up and they've been attacked or they've been hurt and people have been like i'm gonna give you a blanket but you're staying over there because i don't want to get like involved any more than what i already am right right you know or if this is a setup they don't know mary could have very much looked like something that it wasn't and it was a setup for them to attack her you know yep yep now unfortunately none of none of those situations were true mary very much is the victim in this point she's been the victim the whole time but more so she's just trying to do her best right right However, the next vehicle with a couple pulled over and drove Mary to the hospital as fast as they could. Here, Mary would make a speedy recovery. She was using two new prosthetic arms within two weeks of arriving at the hospital. Prosthetics were not, they were new. Like, this was not... Right, these are not nice, fancy prosthetics. It's like, almost. I'm sure it's not, it wasn't as janky as getting a peg leg, but not that many steps up above. And in her I Survived, she actually wears her original prosthetics to show, like, what they look like compared to her new ones. Little hooks on the end. Yep. And now her new ones look like actual hands Hands, and things like that. But her originals were just three hooks and the fourth one to be able to pick something like a thumb hook. Right. So definitely not nothing glamorous. Right. So 
We all know that Mary has survived. We all know that she has gone through probably the worst day anybody could ever go through. Please tell me, Ryan, that this jackass is getting caught. Oh, I can tell you he's going to get caught, but it's so disappointing. If I remember correctly, it was definitely a disappointment. So, like, to me, this is where I feel even gets sicker. So, keep in mind that we are in the 70s, and as we learned from some cases last season when we covered those missed opportunities... Women just aren't cared about because they're women? (laughs) And the justice system is... Blows giant cock. Yes. True, true, true. Mary had no problem identifying Singleton and testifying against him. However, due to very lenient sentencing laws for sexual crimes, Singleton was sentenced to only 14 years in prison, which was the maximum sentence allowed at the time. And just over eight years later, Singleton was released and back on the streets for good behavior. I'm sorry, what kind of good behavior could you be doing after you've tried to chop... You chopped somebody's arms off, you sexually assaulted them, and then you threw them down a 30-foot embankment, hoping that they were just dead. I don't think you get to play the I was on good behavior card. He, he was probably like, hey, yeah, I did all those things, but I didn't do all those things for eight years. I'm giving, I just wish sometimes that the <laughs> callers could see my facial expressions to you, because I just gave you a look that of if love? you were him, I would have throat punched you. <laughs> Yeah, it is just insane. The maximum, the maximum sentence allowed was 14 years for this crime. I feel like it should have been life. Right, and what's what's even crazier is it was 14 years because Mary lived. Had she died, and then somehow he, man, like, somehow gets caught, but without Mary identifying him. He would have never been he caught. He never would have been caught. But had she died and he did get caught, then it would have been more serious because it would have been murder. So so attempted murder doesn't matter at this point. It has to be real murder. Right. At least in the 70s, because everybody gets to attempt it at least once. <laughs> and the nation was outraged Which at they had this every short right sentence to be. for such a violent crime, especially against a minor. Remember, she was only 15 years old when this attack happened. See, and that's the thing that gets me with this case, is how is it that they gave him such a short sentence? Because if we look back, Rodney Alcala has happened already. I want to, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say Rodney Alcala has already happened. He attacked a minor. Well, he got off practically with a slap on the wrist, too. Right. But then there was, like, that push for, you can't just do shit like that. Like, we have, you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why was there nothing? And even if I'm getting like these two confused, both happened over in California. How are we not, if Mary was first and then Alcala was second, it doesn't matter at this point. Why is there not something there? Because it takes forever for shit to get through and made into a law. Y'all need to get off your asses. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so tired of seeing your po- the politicians that are like, I'm going to get this done and I'm going to go do this. And I raided the Capitol because America, fuck you. Fuck you with the complete politeness of a fuck you. There are too many people that are falling victim to bullshit because you think you're saving America or you're doing this fucking save America. Save the goddamn children that are getting hurt by these crazy assholes. And this is not the only time that we have covered a case. Even 
cases that are closer to the time that we're in now where a child has been hurt because Congress people or judges or this or that just can't be bothered to fucking do their job. Do your job. I'm expected to do mine. I'm expecting you as a taxpayer for you to fucking do yours. Well, well said. I know. Sorry, it was a rant. <laughs> but it's a rant that needed to get said. And if you are a caller and you don't feel the same way, reevaluate yourself. Or email us and tell us about it. Right. Come at me, bro. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I've been real quiet about some shit. Come at me. <laughs> <laughs> so as a direct result of his sentencing, the Singleton Bill was drafted which stops the early release of predators who commit a crime involving torture. Mary was obviously a strong supporter of this wonderful California bill, and the minimum sentence of a crime involving torture was changed and is now 25 years. I hope that when they drafted this bill, they allowed her to also sign her fucking name to it with a big middle finger to him. Right. Well, I guess <laughs> in this case, it would have been a middle hook. Hook. <laughs> So, Mary has good humor about it, too, on anything that we've seen her in. So True story, true story. She would have probably found that joke funny. Mary, I hope you listen, and I hope you find that joke funny. <laughs> true story. So, uh, obviously, the sentencing was bullshit, and he getting out early mm-hmm. on his good behavior. You know, So, nine years after getting out of prison, you know, which he got out for that, quote, good behavior, goes on to kill Roxanne Hayes in Florida. Mary again goes to the trial to testify in court, telling her story of what he did to her 20 years prior. He didn't add it, and I want to add it in. Singleton threatens her when he's walking away, when she gets done testifying, and the judge catches him because she came to testify against Singleton for this case. Right, which is really awesome on Mary, since Roxanne Hayes sadly lost her life, could not be that voice. And so, the same thing that we do here, trying to be the voice of the victim, Mary did that. Exactly. And Singleton was convicted and sentenced to death for a first-degree murder. He died of cancer while in prison in 2001. Oh, no. He died of cancer. I hope it was face cancer. Who says that? What? Face cancer? (laughs) Or I hope you die of cancer. Which one is worse? I don't know. Well, what you do want him to happen? I wish that they would have taken his arms off and shoved him straight up his ass. There you go. And then he could die of rectal bleeding. Of rectal cancer. And apparently, he's, clearly, he, as a human, is just a cancer. And that's why he, he is died. A, he was a cancer on society, so he died yes. the same way that he was with cancer. Yay! Yay! Now, don't get me wrong. I want there to be a cure for cancer, but not for that asshole. Right. I figure if you're a horrible person, you just don't deserve those. Die of it. I don't care. Fact. I'm taking a real dark, dark alley. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Don't don't worry, folks. Next week, I'll make sure he has his Flintstone vitamins. <laughs> well, typically, it's you that, like, has the dark humor, and I feel like you're missing some Boy Scout documentary. It really took it out of you, didn't it? <laughs> oh, fucking I. We could probably have talked about this at the top. Well, Just, let's, let's, let's wrap up this story, and then uh, we'll wrap we'll that up. We'll talk about that at the end. So, Ryan... With all of this aside, with all of the horrible things that Mary went through and clearly changing it to be something for the good, what is she up to now? Well, she is an accomplished artist and she has two adult sons. Yay! In an interview, she stated that she is a huge fan of Lord of the Rings. Oh, girl, me too. 
and considers herself to be a, quote, hobbit at home. Aww. Now, I'm not sure what that is or what that means, but more power to you. It means she probably runs around barefoot at home and, you know, she's just a little hobbit. They live at home. They're kind of homebodies. Oh my god, I'm a hobbit too then. Yeah, she's not a Bilbo. She's not going on a great adventure. (laughs) She's staying at home. She's going to do her stuff at home. She's going to make her trinkets and different things like that and her paintings and be a barefoot and happy. Well, sounds like the life. It does to me too. Mary is open and honest about her attack and trauma and, and easily admitting she struggled for years after the attack. Well, yeah, anybody would. Right. But her art and raising a family helped her heal and grow. Also, back in 2009, she spoke at a crime victims event in Ventura County, California, and shared her artwork. That is such a beautiful ending to such a horrible, horrible story. Truly, it is. Yeah, it's 15 years old, arms chopped off, and and thrown off of a 30-foot cliff, and, and you have the knowledge to pack your wounds... Who gives a shit about infection? Right. And I remember that because of her packing her wounds the way that she did, it actually stopped infection from being able to settle into her arm because of the mud. There was something with the mud that she used, like the because of the sand and mud, that it stopped anything from getting in there and, you know, just regular bacteria from being able to get in and hurt her. Just absolutely crazy. Right. I'm not suggesting people do that for, like, anything. I'm just saying, by the grace of God, she did something to just help herself and ta-da, you know. Right, right. Now that we're wrapping this one up, we've got to sidetrack here for a minute, and we need to talk about documentaries. Okay, let's do this. Okay. Ryan and I listen and watch documentaries probably every day. At some point, we watch something new, we see something new, we listen to it, or we watch it. You know, we have noticed a turn in documentaries where people are not good about the way that they set things up on the subject matter. Oh boy, ain't that the truth? So, we watched the one about the Boy Scouts of America, where 86,000 Men came forward in 2020, 2021 of sexual assault that had happened to them. Yeah, something like that. Some really outrageous number. I want to apologize to anybody in that documentary. Um, They did you wrong. Yes. They set you up real bad for some, like, even the way that they edited you made it set up for jokes. And easy pickings. And easy, easy picking of jokes. Ryan and I made jokes throughout the whole thing because it is truly disturbing to listen to. It, right. So it, we lighten the mood and we tell some ha-has on the way. Right. And we're not going to share those ha-has because we don't know how other people will feel about it. But just understand, if you do that, it's okay. We get it. You can write it to us. We'll have ha-has together. <laughs> but any of the callers, if you are out listening and watching a documentary and you, I guess, what I really just want to put out there is sometimes you have to lighten the mood, number one. And number two, understand that not all documentaries are good documentaries. True story. Go look it up. Go look up the reviews for things. Go see what other people are saying about them because sometimes they're just shit. Yes, yes, yes. That is, yeah, because you you picked a fucking stinker last week. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah, I'm sorry. I had that one and then the deep end and 
If you want to watch somebody looking like a turkey being brined in water while she talks about her feelings, watch The Deep End. Right. Or, or. Or don't. Or don't, because they don't deserve the views. No, they don't. No. Because she is a horrible fucking person. <laughs> yeah, she is. And then if you watch them, they get those the, the view tickers going up and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you that I saw her complaining about the whole documentary? Oh, God, no. Yeah, so she was like, they set us up to look really bad, and then they convinced Mark, or whatever his name was, Matt, Mark, to leave us. No, bitch, you did that on your own when you came for his wife. Right. Literally, she came at his wife and said, you're the problem. And then Mark said, fuck you, I'm out. Which makes sense. Right. Anyway. Anyway. So, instead of watching that stupid fucking documentary. You can listen to us and review us on Apple or Spotify or anywhere else. Yeah, wherever the heck you're listening to us. Give us those five stars. Five. Not four, not three, not two, not one, but five. Five. Dollar foot long. Nope. Or getting sued. Yep. Five star <laughs> reviews, people. Send them our way because you love us and we love you. Mm-hmm. Also, don't forget to follow us on our socials at facebook.com slash callusdead. Follow us on TikTok at callusdead, where you can see some of the fun videos of us, the cat, the sugar gliders, or even the dogs. Or email us at callusdead at yahoo to tell us what you thought about this survivor story. Ask some questions, suggest some cases, or just just to say hi. But until then, remember to stay strong. Do everything with love. Know there is always hope. And if you forget, you can always call call us us when when you're you're dead. dead.